This podcast may contain content that is graphic and disturbing in nature. Listener discretion is advised. It was at a high school that rumours began circulating that a teacher and student were having a relationship. Many believed it was just gossip, until the two of them disappeared. This is Apple for the Teacher, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Anna Thomas. Today's episode is called The Runaways. The teacher and student ran away together. Were they ever found? It was a day in 2012 when Danielle Williams was at her home in Sussex in the UK. Her children had headed off to school, but then she received a text from her daughter's school saying that Megan hadn't signed in that morning. It was school practice to contact parents when students were absent from school and for parents to provide a reason for the absence. However, as far as she knew, Megan should have been at school. She had spent the previous night at a friend's house, which she didn't usually allow on a school night, so she thought perhaps they had been up late and slept in. She knew her daughter and did not suspect that they were being truant that day. After explaining that Megan had been with her friend Lauren, she asked if the school secretary could check if Lauren was at school, and she confirmed that she was. Lauren said that Megan had been feeling sick the night before and had gone back home. This gave Danielle much concern, as Megan had obviously not returned home. So she rang around to Megan's friends, but no one had seen her. She called the school back during the day to see if Megan had turned up, but she hadn't. So finally, she decided to call the police. But before going on to look at the police investigation, we need to backtrack and look at other events that had occurred previously to Megan's disappearance. Some months earlier, Megan's mother, Danielle, had received a call from her school from the deputy headmaster. He said that Megan had confided in a teacher that she was bulimic and had also been cutting herself. This came as a total shock to Danielle, but she thought perhaps it was due to the pressures of school. The headmaster also spoke about a school trip earlier in the year where the students went to America. He told her that Megan had been holding the hand of one of the teachers when they were on the plane back to the UK and that it was the same teacher that she had confided in about being bulimic. But Danielle's first thought was that it was because she had been afraid of flying and that he had been comforting her. Danielle then spoke to Megan that night and she denied being bulimic or cutting herself and the teacher was just holding her hand because she was scared of flying. But she did say that she had been sick at school because of all the worry and pressure. Then, some weeks later, Danielle got a phone call from Megan's teacher, the man who had comforted her on the plane, and he was quite upset, telling her that Megan was spreading rumours around the school that he and her were involved with each other. He had said, it's ruining my life. You have to squash this rumour. It just can't go on. It will destroy my career. He did confirm that she had confided in him about her problems but he was just trying to be supportive of her. Danielle was so upset that Megan 
would spread these rumours about her teacher and confronted her about it. But she denied spreading the rumours, saying it was the other kids. Then, fast forward to just two days before Megan went missing. A detective and social worker arrived at Danielle's house, and as a mother, her first thought was that Megan had been in an accident, and she was relieved when they assured her that she was okay. They explained that they had come to speak to her about her daughter being involved with a teacher at her school. Danielle then told them that she had been aware of the rumours, but that Megan had assured her that it was just rumour and gossip. But then they informed her that Megan had a naked photo of the teacher on her phone and that she had showed another student, who then told a teacher and then the police were called. Danielle then contacted her daughter, asking her to come home straight away. They spoke with Megan when she arrived, but she denied the photo, allowing them to see her phone. Megan told the police the same thing she had told her mother, that there was nothing going on between her and the teacher. Before leaving, they requested to take her phone for examining, and she handed it over. Both Danielle and Megan were very upset about what was happening, how malicious stories had escalated to the point of the police getting involved. Danielle tried to console her daughter, saying she would do anything she could to get the situation sorted out. The next day, Megan asked to go and stay overnight at her best friend's house, Lauren, and although she didn't usually allow it on a school night, she did this time, as she felt Megan needed to be with her best friend given everything that had happened. So, Megan spent that night with Lauren, and the next morning, Danielle heard from the school that Megan hadn't turned up. The police then started an investigation into Megan's disappearance and informed Danielle of what they had discovered. They found CCTV footage showing Megan and the teacher boarding a ferry to France. One can only imagine Danielle's shock. She had only seen her daughter the day before, and the last she knew, she had gone to her best friend's house. Her first thoughts were that the teacher had abducted her. The family were provided with the CCT footage to confirm that it was their daughter, which they did. But looking closely at the photo, they could clearly see that Megan was holding hands with the teacher. They thought perhaps he was holding onto her and that she was under duress, but she didn't appear to be frightened. Whatever the case, they were relieved that she appeared to be okay. The police, MI5 and Interpol were all then involved in tracking them down. Media alerts were then put out showing photos of the two of them. The UK authorities also liaised with the authorities in France. Understandably, there was much speculation about what had happened. Did he abduct her or did she go willingly? The photos of them holding hands seemed to indicate that she had gone willingly and that perhaps Megan's denials about a relationship with the teacher were not true after all. Danielle had always known her daughter to be honest, and she thought that they had a great mother-daughter relationship. So the thought that Megan had lied to her was very difficult to accept. The police then suggested that it would be a good idea for the family to hold a press conference and appeal to their daughter to come home. And here is that audio. 
I just want to give a message to my daughter. Um, I don't care what you've done or why, but you can tell I'm in pieces and I just want you home. Um, your brother is absolutely devastated. Luke is beside himself. He wants you back. Um, Ashton keeps asking where you are. Uh, Molly's walking around in a day. She won't leave my side. She just keeps saying when you're going to come home. Um, and from me to you, sweetheart, you know that you're adorable princess. Um, wants her adorable mermaid back. So, please, darling, just do anything. Text me, ring me, um, send me a message. I've sent you a message on Facebook. Um, just do anything. I've put, you know, the, the number, phone number hasn't changed at home. So, just ring, please, sweetheart. Uh, I would just like to reiterate everything that Danielle has just said. Um, we are a family unit working together. Uh, strength is coming. Strength is coming from within all of us, as a family, our close friends. Striving so hard, so I, I'd like to thank all of them. Thank the people that are supporting us out there on the, the social networks, Twitter, Facebook. Please keep posting. Please keep tweeting. Keep. Please keep retweeting. Megan. Um, we had a date on Saturday and, and, and we, we didn't make it. Babes, that offer's still there, sweetheart. Just want you to come home safe and well. Babes, please. Further police investigations were then able to determine that the teacher had withdrawn a large amount of money the night before they fled. They also interviewed the teacher's wife, and she said they had been having marital troubles. The man was 30 years old, and they had only been married for a year. She had no idea that he had been involved with his student. It was then about a week after they had gone missing that Danielle received a phone call from the police. She listened to the officer with dread. Each time the phone rang, she expected the worst, but it was actually great news. They had found Megan and she was safe in police custody in Bordeaux, France. So how had they found her? From all of the press coverage, someone in Bordeaux recognised the teacher and called the police. Danielle was eventually able to talk to Megan in France. She had always thought that they had a great relationship, but now she thought that Megan might not want to come back home. So she asked her and Megan replied, I didn't even want to come here in the first place. I just want to come home. When they were finally reunited, mother and daughter had a long conversation about what had happened and she was shocked by what her daughter told her. Megan said that she loved him and hoped that they could be together again. She then opened up and told her mother the whole story about how their relationship had started. So it all began on the school trip to America when she was in year 10 and 14 years old. Megan and her teacher got to speak to each other on the trip, and she noticed that they had a lot in common. They were into the same bands, and she thought his tattoo was cool. He was also a musician and told her about the gigs that he did. And then when the class were flying back to the UK, he held her hand because she was scared of flying. 
And that's when the feelings started for her. They then started following each other on social media and messaged regularly. She would confide in him even about her bulimia, and he just listened without judging. So the stories about her being bulimic were true. They then started seeing each other outside of school where the kissing first started and then it progressed into an intimate relationship. They even kissed secretly at school when they could. Her friend Lauren knew it was happening and actually covered up for her many times. So when her mother thought she was at Lauren's house, she was actually with the teacher. She stayed at his house many times as his wife was away for work a lot. He had told Megan that their relationship had broken down and that they were separated, sleeping in separate rooms. As far as Megan was concerned, she was totally in love with him, but she was always worried that they would be discovered, so she kept deleting her phone messages. They spoke about creating a life together, maybe going to France or America. When she turned 18, she looked forward to their relationship being legal so that they could reveal their love to everyone. Then, after returning from school holidays at the start of year 11, a girl at school said she saw the two of them in his car and she told the principal. And of course, rumours spread quickly. Kids called her a slut and she started having panic attacks. She felt everyone was watching and judging her, but by then she felt she was totally in love with him. And then the day came when the police had been informed about the naked photo on her phone. Her mother had rung her and told her to come home to speak to the detective about the photo. But before she went home, she rang the teacher warning him and saying, they'll probably be at your house in a minute and you'll be arrested. He asked her what she wanted to do and she replied, run away. Before she got home, she had deleted everything off her phone and denied everything, knowing full well she was lying. Then she was able to convince her mum to let her stay at Lauren's place for the night. But this too was a lie as she had planned to go and be with the teacher. Before leaving her house, she made sure to take one important belonging, her passport. So she met up with the teacher at a shopping centre, but then realised she had left one of her bags back at Lauren's place and went back with the teacher to get it. And this is what he said to Lauren. I'm sorry I'm doing this, but I have to. They got into his car, and that's when he told her his plan. They were going to take a ferry to France. He hadn't told her this before. She just thought they would be going somewhere in the UK. The thought of going to another country scared her, but she felt that it was too late to go back. They made their way to the ferry, of course, unaware that they had been captured on CCTV. On the ferry, he threw his phone into the water. When they arrived in Paris, he dumped his car and they took a train to Bordeaux. He had even researched what prison time he would get for taking Megan. The legal age in France was 15, provided the adult wasn't in a position of responsibility, which of course he was. They rented a hotel room in Bordeaux, staying there for eight days, eating French cuisine and enjoying their time together. They spoke about hoping that eventually everybody would see that they were truly a couple and that one day people would accept their relationship and see that he wasn't a bad guy. Of course, they had no idea that the press headlines read, pedophile teacher abducts 
innocent schoolgirl. So there they were, enjoying their freedom, able to walk hand in hand. But after only a week, as they were walking together, a man suddenly appeared and grabbed the teacher. At first, Megan thought they were being mugged, but she was also grabbed. He was handcuffed and placed into the back of a police van. That would be the last time she saw him until they went to court. During her questioning at the police station, they asked her if she went to France willingly and if they had sex, and she replied yes to both. She was then put up in a hotel with a police escort, and they watched her so that she wouldn't flee or try to kill herself. But she didn't want to run. She was relieved that everything was now out in the open. She was fed up having to keep secrets and constantly looking over her shoulder. On the flight back to the UK, she was comforted by wearing his jumper and the smell of his aftershave. To her, he was her boyfriend and she didn't see him as a man who had taken advantage of a young, naive girl. So for Megan's family, the whole ordeal was finally over, for the time being anyway, as they knew there would still be a trial to face. But in the meantime, they had to decide what Megan would do. After all, she was still a school student. For Danielle, there was no way that she could return to her school. The media frenzy meant that she was not going to be able to have a normal school life. There had been rumours before they fled, but now it was confirmed Danielle knew that her daughter would be branded as a slut and that the conditions would be detrimental to her schooling. But the school contacted Danielle and said it was best that she return to her school and try to put everything behind her. But Danielle was adamant she would not return. Besides the treatment the other students would give her, Danielle also had lost confidence in the school as she felt they hadn't addressed the rumours and therefore the whole thing had spiralled out of control. Instead, Danielle found another place for her to go, which accepted kids with behavioural problems. And she was amazed how quickly Megan settled in and she enjoyed being at the school. Her teachers reported that she was a responsible and dedicated student. Megan was in the middle of her year 11 exams when the trial began, which was not ideal timing, but obviously could not be avoided. During the trial, the two of them often looked at each other and smiled. When Megan was questioned, she changed her statement that it was her who decided to go to France, not him, and that he had told her that they shouldn't run away. But this is not what she had first told the police. Then the day of the verdict arrived, and the man was found guilty of child abduction and sex with a minor, and received a sentence of five and a half years. He was put on the sex offenders register and banned from working with children for life. Megan broke down in tears in the courtroom. She called out to him, I'm so sorry. And he replied, don't worry, I'm fine. And as he was taken out of the courtroom, he mouthed to her, I love you. And here is what the deputy crown prosecutor said, quote, This case was one where a teacher was in a position of authority over a 15-year-old pupil and abducted her, taking her to another country. Not only did he breach the trust and confidence that all the parents at that school had placed in him, he also brought disgrace to his profession, who are trusted to look after the children in their care. Blank lied systematically about his relationship with the girl. 
repeatedly seeking to assure others who were concerned about the welfare of his victim that nothing untoward was going on between them. Nothing detracts from the fact that this was an abduction. The law clearly states that it is an offence to remove a child from the care of their parents or lawful guardian without the adult's consent. Add to that the torment and anguish that the victim's family went through while they were gone. None of us can begin to imagine how worried they were about her safety and well-being while she was gone for over a week, not knowing where she was or whether she was safe. And here now is Megan speaking herself after the sentencing, which was nine months after he had been arrested. I want to give my version of events of what happened between me and Jeremy because there have been a lot of rumours, a lot of speculation and there are some things that I'd like to put to rest. Well, Jeremy was my maths teacher and we developed a friendship um, and I had a lot of things in common and I fell in love with him because I found out the real person that he was. I'm going to miss Jeremy, you know, so much throughout this time. I just feel like he's the only person that's really been, you know, there for me throughout everything and always kind of had my best interests at heart. I love Jeremy because he's probably the first person... Um, that I felt has ever had a real kind of genuine concern for me. Yeah, I hope to visit um, Jeremy in prison. I've already written to him. Um, and there's obviously a lot of things that we've got to talk about. Um, obviously, we haven't spoken to each other for nine months. Um, but yeah, I really do want to see him. Of course, I want to be with him. I wouldn't have gone through this whole situation if I didn't. But Megan was determined to keep in contact with the teacher, sending him letters in prison but they were intercepted, so she never heard back from him. A court order was imposed that, as a minor, she was prohibited from visiting him in prison or corresponding with him. So, after the trial, Megan tried to carry on with her schooling. Even though the man was now in prison, the story continued to create a social media frenzy. There was still much discussion online about what had happened, and Danielle was appalled how people were mocking her daughter calling her a slut, etc. But there were others who supported their relationship. And in particular, there was one woman who had created a shrine on her Facebook page of Megan and the teacher, their photos inside a love heart. The caption said, This shrine will not be removed until blank is free. This woman even had grown-up children of her own, can you believe it? Then there was another woman who visited the man in jail and promised that she would look after Megan until he was free. And then Danielle noticed that she had a very large phone bill and there was one particular phone number which was called a number of times. So she rang the number and found out that it was this woman who had gone to see the man in prison. Megan had been talking to the woman. She said she understood that Megan was in love with him and seemed to be encouraging her to keep pursuing the relationship. Can you believe these people? After what had happened to her daughter, Danielle pushed for a review into the school's actions. An independent review found that the school had safeguarding policies in place, but that teachers had consistently failed to follow the correct procedures. The review concluded that the school had protected the teacher, not Megan, and had treated him as the victim rather than her. The school had child safeguarding policies in place, but teachers failed on several occasions to act upon them. The school failed to notify the correct authorities in the first instance, 
and repeatedly dismissed concerns raised by other pupils. School staff never spoke to Megan in a way that was supportive. The school failed to update the mother as a parent and denied her the opportunity to help Megan. And I was also stunned to find out that during the interview process, the review heard that a teacher had made the following attempt at humour in the classroom when speaking to a student. He said, quote, If you behave, I'll let you go early, but don't think I'm going to treat you to a trip to France. How sick is that? Making a joke of the whole situation, that is just totally appalling. So we heard that the man had a wife and that they had been married for a year. To celebrate their first wedding anniversary, they went for a trip to Thailand and Malaysia. But what she didn't know was that just a few months earlier, her husband had been seen holding hands with one of his students and secretly messaging each other. He had always been into music and when in high school performed in a band and wrote his own songs. He eventually performed in local pubs and had aspirations to release his own albums. But when that dream didn't pan out, instead he trained to be a teacher and was to become well-liked and respected by students and staff. He was described as a caring and cool teacher, so it came as a shock to everyone when the whole story emerged. As one student said, quote, He was everyone's favourite teacher. He was good because he was younger and pretty cool because he was in a band, which made us respect him. He was the last person I would have expected to do something like this. So then in 2016, the man gets out of jail and he only served two years and nine months. And I came across an article showing that he had a new girlfriend. He was now 33 and she was 29. So at least he is now seeing someone his own age. And here is a quote from this woman's friend about what she thinks about this whole situation of her being involved with this man. She said, I'm worried she's getting herself too involved too soon. I think she just wants a family of her own and is rushing into something that she could regret. She said he makes her laugh. She didn't know who he was when they met and she seems to believe anything he tells her. He told her he only ran away with the girl because she was going to go away anyway and he wanted to make sure she was safe. Oh, you liar. I think he told her quite soon after they met about his past, but seems to have sugar-coated it. So after getting out of prison, he tried to continue his music career, playing in local pubs, but it was also discovered that he had written a job resume in which he was seeking a job in the education sector. His conviction means that he is banned from working with children. However, this didn't stop him. So here is what his resume said. Quote, Throughout my working life, I have gained a lot of different skills from the various jobs I have undertaken. I was a temp for four years, working in such diverse environments on a week-to-week basis, from retail to admin, catering to cleaning and so on. I spent 10 years working in secondary schools where I learned to communicate effectively, to work as a team, excellent time management, organisational skills, IT, coaching and mentoring, team management and delivery of training. In my last teaching post, my role included teaching at two different schools as part of a larger network and my preparation to become 
an advanced skills teacher. Having worked with Brighton and Sussex universities for four years, I have experience of higher education and working with other professionals. I am hardworking, learn quickly and very adaptable. And here is what someone said about this man's resume. Quote, for this man to get back into education after what he did is unbelievable. His CV details his achievements in schools, including the one where he met and ran off with his pupil. He seems to be proud of his career. There's no hint he acted wrongly. Anyone inviting him to an interview will be shocked when they hear his explanation. No one begrudges him getting on with life and looking for a job, but it beggars belief he tried to get into teaching again. And if the man breaches the conditions of his release, he could be returned to prison. So let's now finish by finding out how Megan now views everything that had happened. She said, quote, I sunk into a black space for a while and questioned whether I was the victim that people had made me out to be. I'm still asking myself that now. All I know is, at the time, it didn't feel that way. It was me who followed Blank on Twitter, and I welcomed the advances he made in response. Since Blank's release from prison, we have only spoken once, about a year ago. After I messaged a Facebook account, he sounded the same, and importantly, happy. He even had a new girlfriend. Things have got better for me too. I met another boy, my own age, named Sam, who I fell head over heels for. I told him my story and he wasn't phased by it. We're no longer together, but Sam showed me that my past doesn't have to define my future when he said, you're not the same person you were at 15. Do I regret my relationship with the man? I can't say I do, but I now recognize it for what it was, a dangerous infatuation, one that cost both of us dearly. So what do you think? It really doesn't look like she really totally understands what had happened and what he had done to her. To be still having these sorts of thoughts about him so long afterwards, yeah, I just really feel sorry for her because I really don't think she actually totally gets what he did to her and how he manipulated her. So hopefully with time, she will get total clarity. And now I'd like to share with you a podcast recommendation. Take a listen to this promo. Hi everyone, my name is Miko and I have a podcast called True Crime Timeline. If you love true crime too, join me as I delve into the cases that keep us looking over our shoulders during the day and keep us up all night long. I cover cases around the world but most importantly, I always make sure to end each episode remembering the victim. Take a listen and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Take care. And now let's preview the next episode. It's called Dead Letter. Marion was picked up early from school. Why? And to end this episode, I thought I would leave you with this funny quote. The teacher says, All idiots stand up. A boy stands up. Teacher, so you are an idiot? Boy, no, I just can't bear you standing alone, miss. Bye for now, and remember to be a good 
Apple.